Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. So when you're in your country and you think, wow, our government officials are crappy. Well, just know that in Spain, they're crappier than most. Well, if you live in Spain, though, I guess that is a problem. So two, two senior officials in Spain in their transport industry have been let go because the government spent approximately 276 million dollars on new commuter trains and they forgot to realize you know i wonder if they'll fit in the tunnels (laughs) nope they're too big for the tunnels so that is a problem 31 trains still in the design phase were slated for completion in 2024 and intended to replace the aging fleet in Spain's autonomous northern regions of uh, Asturias and Cantabria. So the blunder, I guess, stemmed from miscommunications (laughs) among several parties involved. Yeah, you think? So someone forgot to tell the manufacturer that the tunnels and the trains and the infrastructure, one thing led to another. And the next thing you know, we're making trains that are too big for the tunnels. So just know that whatever country you're in, who's ever running the show are doofuses and they need to be replaced at least, at least in Spain. They've already sacked two of the people. I don't know if they were two important people, but they at least made it appear like they were doing something about it. But they've still spent the money on the trains, and we still have 30 trains coming. Uh, Does that mean those are delayed and we just need to re-engineer them to be a little bit smaller to fit into the tunnels? Or do we need tunnel stretchers? Yeah, what we do is we're going to make the tunnels just a little bit bigger for the trains to fit. Does it work that way? I don't think it does. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. So if you're listening live, today is the 14th of February, 2023. Happy Valentine's Day. Now, we know, according to research from harvard researchers the number one thing that makes us happy in life i mean career achievement nope money nope exercise nope healthy diet nope what is the one thing that keeps us happier and healthier and helps us live longer yes positive relationships positive relationships So what will help you have a positive relationship is not using toxic phrases in your relationship. Now, according to Harvard-trained psychologist, if you use any of these eight toxic phrases, your relationship is in trouble, okay? Toxic phrases that can slowly destroy your relationship. If you notice any of these phrases coming out of you or your partner, your relationship is in trouble toxic phrase number one you don't deserve me (laughs) you're lucky that i even put up with you (laughs) Uh, if you feel that way perhaps 
you should say i'm struggling to see us as partners right now and i'm viewing you as a less valuable than me and i need to work on it state how you feel in a calm and honest way uh-huh i'm struggling to see us as partners right now <laughs> you don't deserve me that's fantastic who says that uh toxic phrase number two uh, somebody in a toxic relationship is who says that i'll tell you that number two stop asking if i'm okay everything is fine when it isn't stop asking if i'm okay everything is fine when it isn't wait stop asking if i'm okay everything is fine when it isn't Passive-aggressive language keep partners from talking about their problems in a direct and open way. This makes it difficult to resolve conflict and can make both parties feel insecure. What to stay instead? I'm really upset, but I'm not ready to talk about it yet. Instead of ignoring your problems, take some time to face and reflect on them. Well, uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, see, these, these are for relationships. Now, they're talking about your relationships in trouble. But if you're in a, I don't know, something that's called a marriage <laughs> uh when you know something is wrong but it's not being said uh you gotta find out you okay uh is everything okay you gotta know you gotta know toxic uh, statement number three you're pathetic <laughs> if you're in a relationship and, and your partner is saying you're pathetic yeah I would say I would say your relationship is in trouble. What to say instead? I don't like how you handled that situation. Express what they did that you didn't like and why it bothered you. Really? You shouldn't just say you're pathetic. <laughs> That's awesome. Nobody's No, the toxic uh, phrase number 4. I hate you. <laughs> yeah if your relationship says that to you it's, it's it's a problem it's a problem so what you should say instead is it's hard for me to be around you right now take a minute and calm down before you say something untrue when even if it feels true in the moment i hate you yeah don't say that okay it's hard for me to be around you right now <laughs> number five you're a bad parent Nobody who says that no couples actual couples say that now, this is a relationship maybe if you're in a relationship with a a divorced parent and you you're a bad parent and i guess maybe a divorced couple might say that to one or the other but if you're in a relationship you're a bad parent what should i stand said i wonder i think this situation is triggering triggering issues from your past how could we work through them together Oh, so we should respectfully acknowledge areas of sensitivity and communicate in a way that doesn't feel like an attack on their character. You mean if I say, you're a bad parent, that's an attack on their character? <laughs> yeah, don't say it. It's a toxic phrase. Don't say it. I'm trying to help you out in your relationships here, okay? Uh, you're being crazy. That's just crazy. Uh, that, that actually, I can see actually being said. Um, what you should say instead though instead of that's crazy or you're being crazy i think your response to this situation is making it worse i feel like that's gonna make it worse i feel like if your relationship partner is doing something that's a little wacky and you say that's crazy calm down 
<laughs> I feel like the example, I think your response to this situation is making it worse, is worse than saying you're being crazy. <laughs> I'm not a Harvard-trained psychologist, though, so got to go with that. You need to express what you don't like about your partner's actions in a constructive way rather than try to manipulate them into behaving the way you want. Toxic phrase number seven. You're so needy. You're so needy. <laughs> uh, when you use language that says your partner is annoying, smothering, or generally bothering you, it suggests that their needs don't matter. No, they matter. It's just there's too many of them. Uh, what to say instead? I hear that you want my attention. I hear that you want my attention, but I'm feeling suffocated right now, and I need some more space. <laughs> oh you want some more space i'll give you some more space yeah go ahead there's plenty of more space outside okay (laughs) number eight the toxic phrase that really uh really says a lot i'm over this yeah uh, your relationship is in trouble if one of you is saying i'm over this there's no question about that language that threatens the end of your relationship like i'm leaving i'm done or i want to break up creates instability and insecurity you think so your partner may struggle to trust you if you feel like a flight risk which limits intimacy (sighs) what should i say instead well i'm really upset right now and i need to take a moment or we need to have a serious conversation about our relationship. Ooh, when you get into that, uh, it could be over. In general, you only want to threaten to leave when you mean it and have the intention to follow through. Yeah, don't say something you don't mean. Not in the heat of the battle. So, I'm over this. <laughs> you need, I'm really upset right now. I need to take a moment. Do you? Do you? Okay. Anyway, don't use those toxic relationships, especially on a day like today when it's just love abounding everywhere. Happy Valentine's Day. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink. Maybe that's one of the things you can say uh, in a toxic relationship instead of, uh, I hate you. I say, look, baby, I need to get something cold to drink, okay? I need something cold to drink desperately is it possible to extend lifespan and feel younger at the same time well according to a harvard scientist and nobel prize winning breakthrough absolutely how by lengthening your telomeres your telomeres protect your dna and play a critical role in the aging process but many of us struggle with shortening telomeres but thanks to stress unhealthy food obesity and so many other things um, that's why i recommend youth switch youth switch is all natural doctor approved and manufactured right here in america youth switch contains a potent blend of adaptogens that promote healthier telomeres and longer lifespans it boosts energy and can support the regeneration of healthy organ systems and you can try youth switch for yourself risk-free today i've been using it for a couple of weeks now and uh, i can feel a little bit i don't feel you know it hasn't i'm not a little kid (laughs) 
I'll let you know. I'll let you know if uh, if that happens. But I do feel uh, that I have a little bit more energy, and I've only been taking it for a couple of weeks. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see as time goes. But you can try uh, try a youth switch risk free today. Receive a free bottle of Ageless Brain as a bonus. Uh, it's a great product to help improve focus, memory, and mood. You'll also receive four bonus ebook ebooks to boost every aspect of your health and longevity go to youthswitchmd.com slash jeffy youthswitchmd.com slash jeffy claim your supply of youth switch and all five bonus gifts youthswitchmd.com slash jeffy to order youth switch today all right, so we got the numbers in from the Super Bowl. Uh, Fox Sports has revealed that an average uh, U.S. audience of 113 million watched uh, the Chiefs and the Eagles uh, for the Super Bowl Sunday night. Rihanna's halftime show, uh, you know, the Apple Music-sponsored spectacular, uh, saw an average audience of 118.7 million viewers across TV and digital platforms pretty incredible um the the number for uh, this super bowl makes it um the third biggest television program of all time so the only telegraphs to ever score a larger audience have been two other super bowls uh 2015 patriots and seahawks got 114.4 million and the 2017 uh, Patriots Falcons game got 113.7 million. Incredible. So uh, we also got uh, the numbers on um, the Gordon Ramsay's Next Level Chef, which is a time slot hit. They usually put on a you know a, a new show that's worthy, like Accused or something like that. But nope, they went with Next Level Chef. So, uh, which got 15.5 million, which is, you know, the second, uh, you know, which is good for them. That's awesome. It certainly opens up the show. No quick, no kidding, but that is a time slot hit. No question. I want to congratulate Tom Grassi. I don't know if you don't know who Tom Grassi is at Tom Grassi comedy. Uh, he, that's his Twitter handle. He, uh, that's also, I believe his YouTube channel. He does uh, sports stuff and streams sports games and Packers games. And he does bits and that's, you know, he's kind of funny. My son got me into, got me into Tom and I like, uh, I like Pat McAfee you know, as a sports person, uh, you know, under my skin, I'm a sports guy. And so, uh, you know, I watch a little Pat McAfee as well. I really enjoy, I enjoy Pat's show. But uh, the second biggest stream on YouTube on Super Bowl Sunday was Tom Grassi. Uh, he'd been streaming these playoff games uh, live. And, uh, you know, they talk about the game. They don't necessarily, uh, they, don't, they, can't, they can't air the game, but they can talk about what's happening uh, at the game, which is, which is you know, it's, it's fun sometimes. And so... Uh, he had uh he was number two in uh streaming uh biggest stream on youtube uh behind the nfl and mcafee was doing a live show too and according to uh grassi mcafee has five times the amount of subscribers so he was thanking all his subscribers for coming along for the ride so pretty cool uh pretty cool for tom uh not that cool for pat wondering uh, what's going on pat uh slip sliding away a little bit there bro I'm sure he'll be fine. 
According to the American Gaming Association, a projected 50.4 million Americans were expected to wager $16 billion on the Super Bowl. Uh, that's up from $7 billion bet on last year's game. That seems to be quite an increase. Quite an increase. And uh, so for those keeping track of the prop bets, I mean, Chris Stapleton went over on the national anthem. Uh, two minutes and one seconds. The coin flip uh, landed on tails, and Rihanna's first song was uh, "Better Have My Money." <laughs> Did we talk about this yesterday? We may have, because <laughs> I remember thinking about Rihanna's "Better Have My Money." <laughs> hey, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of betting going on. So yeah, I think we did talk about it yesterday because we mentioned having the Super Bowl in Vegas uh, next year, and that's going to be a spectacle. You can count on that. And I know everyone was wound up at Terry Bradshaw for his. I didn't stick around for the post game because uh, I had to go right to bed. I had to get up for uh, Pat Unleashed uh, filling in for Pat while he uh, recuperates from his hospital stay, uh, and. Uh, they're pissed at Terry Bradshaw because they think that he made disrespectful comments to Andy Reid. And uh, he had said to Andy Reid as they were interviewing people on the stage, he wanted Reid to come over and talk to him, and he wanted to move him closer to, uh, to the front of the crowd of stage. The big guy, let me get the big guy in here. And uh, come here, as he wanted to get him up to the front of the stage where he was where he was doing the interview and for the TV cameras. Come on, waddle over here. <laughs> and then he talked to him a little bit and then he said hey have a cheeseburger on us well here i'll let you hear but i i'll let you hear but really what what i want you to think about when you're listening to this is that it's just terry bradshaw being terry bradshaw and andy reed knows that it's no big deal it was just joking around and he knows that terry is a fat guy too it's not like terry is a thin guy and doesn't joke around about his weight it was just a joke to a friend andy reed big guy let me get the big guy in here uh-huh come on waddle over here <laughs> congratulations andy well, now, this had to be um, uh, uh, you've done this before. I remember in the 49ers Super Bowl, nothing until the fourth quarter. And this game, some, something similar. All of a sudden, your, your offense just started going. What was the difference? Well, I, I contributed that to the offensive line, Pat Mahomes, and the rest of the offensive players. They did a great job. Eric Bieniemy was tremendous down the stretch there, putting things together. And it was just a... Uh, uh, by, really the by entire the stadium is hearing this now. Well, like, I want to congratulate you, and I know that you're getting up in years now like me, and I just, <laughs> just know that it's got to be a time that where all these Super Bowls, you're going to arm and arm there. time to ride off into the sunset. That's not going to happen, is it? No. no. Okay. I'm going to enjoy this one right here. I'm going to okay. tell you, this is unbelievable. Talk. Uh, Phil Philadelphia, you did a great job. It was a great game. But how about those cheese? That's what we're talking about. Have a cheeseburger on us and enjoy their Hawaiian shirts. I will. I will. That's Congratulations, why Thank you. Pat See, that's what I'm saying. It wasn't. He was joking around. I will. He's joked around about loving cheeseburgers and wearing us Hawaiian shirts. So those of you pissed at Terry Bradshaw, get over it. Well, maybe I should be pissed because of the fat shaming. But Terry's fat too, so it's fat on fat shaming. So it's okay. Right? Fat on fat shaming? Good? Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. 
long as we're talking sports i kept uh in the pile in the fat pile of sports the uh side by side that they posted lebron james last week broke kareem abdul jabbar's scoring record and he's number one now in the in the in the record books as far as the nba and kareem was there and handed him the ball and you know kareem has not been a huge fan of lebron's but they were there and everybody gave him the love and you know lebron went on but there was a side-by-side picture posted of uh when the shot was being made by lebron for to set the record and when the shot that uh, michael jordan was shooting in the 1998 nba finals against the utah jazz and uh you know in game six with seconds left on the clock to go ahead and uh, boy i sadly i remember that i don't know about sadly but i do remember that it was awesome and you knew michael was going to take the shot and he did and he made it of course and they take the lead but the the side by side is of the fans so all the fans in uh michael's shot are all standing up and looking at michael and the shot and lebron's shot all everyone and i do it looks i mean it looks like everyone i'm sure that you could go through and pick out uh pick out a one or two fans that don't have a phone out but i mean an overwhelming majority of fans have their phone out for the shop for the shot and it's pretty incredible so i don't know i don't know what that means have we lost the ability to live in the moment yeah does everybody have a phone now and that's what happens you take your phone out for the shot so that's how you live the shot you're in the moment your moment is recording it on your phone and kind of watching it on your phone and above your phone so that you have the video for later right so i mean it's a new world for sure but it is pretty incredible to see the difference and to think wow uh, at one point people lived without cell phones and i don't know why it bugs me so much but damar hamlin did an interview on good morning america on monday after the super bowl and he had the big super bowl appearance and gave everybody love he was out there with all the first responders that helped him out and uh, you know hugging and crying and cheering and he got all the love that he was deserved for that so then he comes on gma and talks to michael strahan michael strahan of course i mean hall of fame uh, football player obviously if you're going to talk to someone he's you know your choice so he sits down with uh damar michael and damar sit down and it's an eight minute interview now within that eight minute interview these two questions really really bugged me and i it's not the questions that bug me it's the answers that bug me and there's no pushback from michael and i don't know that there should be and i don't know that there would be i don't know that michael would give him feedback like that you know or pushback like okay damar uh we we can't we need to have some answers but here's the the two questions and the answers from the michael strahan interview on good morning america with damar hamlin have the hit you make the tackle do you remember standing up after you make that tackle uh hello damar um That's something I don't really want to get into deep into in the details of. After Hamlin was discharged from the ICU, the question on so many minds, what caused his heart to stop beating? You're 24. 
peak physical condition could run circles around me right now. (laughs) (laughs) How did doctors describe what happened to you? How did they describe? Um, um, That's something I want to stay away from. What? Uh, No. Uh, we need to, that. Now that should be answered. Now, maybe you say, uh, I, you know, I don't want to talk about. I can't talk about. It. There's hippo laws, uh, or you say when you talk about the hit and getting and falling, passing out, and have going into cardiac arrest. Maybe you say, oh, I, you know, I, I can't remember. I, uh, you know, I, I've, I, I, I've seen, I've seen the video. I remember what I seen because I've watched the video a couple of times. But other than that, I, I can't remember that. But for to say, oh, I don't want to get into that right. Now. I don't want to get too much into the details on that. I don't want to get into. Well, tough, Demar. Uh, we've millions of people, hundreds of millions of people, have watched you and given you money and given your foundation money. Uh, you need to, you need to go ahead. You need to go ahead and let us know. Okay? Okay? Okay, so who died today? Who died today? Ted Lerner. The Nationals' founding principal owner and a lifelong baseball fan who helped return baseball to Washington uh, passed away uh, complications from pneumonia at the age of 97 years. David Judd Julicure, known widely as Trugoy the Dove and one of the founding members of Long Island hip-hop trio De La Soul, dead at the age of 54 no uh no information uh was available at the time of this uh, posting however we do know that he was battling congestive heart failure and wore a life vest defibrillary machine uh we know he was part of the tribute at the grammy awards last week but he was not on stage with his fellow bandmates so uh trugoy the dove dead at the age of 54 then we have uh, this post, Dave Hollis, former president of Worldwide Distribution at Disney, passed away peacefully at his home outside of Austin, Texas, uh, this past weekend. The exact cause of death has not yet been determined. The family confirms he had been hospitalized recently for some heart issues. Huh. He was 47 dave hollis dead at the age of 47 and then of course we have to say that uh who died today in 269 a.d in rome italy saint valentine yeah i you know i hate to break it to you saint valentine dead um i did find out something that i did not know about saint valentine though of course he's you know uh associated with the tradition of courtly love but he's also the patron saint of turning which is the city in uh in italy's 
his name was Valentine of Terni, and he's buried, I think, in Terni, Italy. I think that's how you pronounce it, T-E-R-N-I, Italy. But maybe it's Terni, whatever. That's Italy. Yeah, if you live in Italy, sorry, okay? You know what it is. Email me, chewingthefatattheblaze.com. You can message me uh, on Twitter, J, uh, at JeffyJFR, or uh, Facebook or Instagram, Jeff Fisher Radio. Go ahead and message me uh, and let me know, uh, you know, let me know if I'm saying it correctly. Anyway, uh, he's also the patron saint of epilepsy and beekeepers. So, so, rest in peace, St. Valentine. So we are told that uh, the final trove of court documents uh, related to Jeffrey Epstein uh, will soon be released to the public. Huh. wonder if that's going to actually happen or not. The documents will allegedly name the convicted pedophile's associates and reveal some allegations, some of the salacious allegations. So the final batch of court documents containing those allegations related to the 167 Epstein associates victims and employees are going to be unsealed it's been four years since uh, his death since he committed suicide <laughs> so we'll see if it actually happens and what is actually in the documents i mean they allegedly accused law enforcement officers and prosecutors of misconduct related to his crimes um I don't know. The individual appears to have been involved in the charges brought against Epstein in 2007, under which he served 15 months in jail for soliciting a minor for prostitution as part of a sweetheart deal with the state prosecutors in Florida. Well, we know that actually happened. So the documents will be unsealed after dozens of John and Jane Doe's agreed to have their names made public. Interesting. So they were first filed in court in 2015, a defamation case against Jelaine. Um, Jelaine alleges that Maxwell recruited her to train as a masseuse when she was 16. Oh, that's Guffrey, right? Okay, Uh, as alleged Epstein victim, Virginia Guffrey. Right, not Jelaine. Okay, the documents were a defamation case against Jelaine by Virginia. And uh, she was later turned into a sex slave. All that. Uh, so the case materials have slowly been unsealed. The batch of previously unsealed files include 47 documents, 600 pages from the now settled defamation case were unsealed way back in 2020. But in 2021, the district judge ordered the trove of secret files to be made public. Well, there's, where, where have they been? I mean, Jelena is serving a 20-year sentence for her role in the sex trafficking scenes. So are we going to get anything from this? I doubt it. It's kind of like the when we got his uh, address book. There was nothing to it. I still have that somewhere. But it's got all the people's names are just, you know, phone numbers of cleaning ladies and all the people that he talked to. And a lot of the so-called big names that he had in his phone book were there because of uh, you know sure you could make the case that they were there because they're pedophiles and they're criminals but really he had run into them and crossed their paths and got their number and put them in his book so he could get back to them it wasn't anything terrible so we'll see if we do get any of the as the story says salacious uh stories and names uh in these in these particular court documents uh 
I find that uh, that's probably not going to be true. So this may come as a surprise to you, but this month is National Weddings Month. <laughs> really? The month that has Valentine's Day in it is National Weddings Month. Huh. Really weird. So uh, there's a, uh, a survey uh, that was uh, done by Lawn Love. Who doesn't love Lawn Love? As they are, huh, man, you want a yard service. You want lawn love. Oh, yeah. So uh, we'll cut you. We'll trim your hedges so they look hot. Lawn love. They have uh, ranked the uh, best bachelorette party destinations. They surveyed over 560 U.S. adults about their bachelorette party experience. With fun stats about trip attendance, budget, destination, and of course, naughty activities. To come up with uh, our rankings, uh, Lawn Love rankings, they compared the 200 biggest U.S. cities and looked for plenty of attractions, restaurants, nightlife options, and spas. We also considered safety, cost, and transportation options among 21 total metrics. So the top 10 and the bottom 10 of the bachelorette cities in america all right so the top 10 coming in at number 10 if you want to have a bachelorette party chicago illinois coming in at number nine seattle washington i don't know that i want to go to seattle for a bachelorette party but hey whatever uh number eight atlanta georgia again questionable city seven portland oregon oh man I don't know that I want to go there either. Number six, Houston, Texas. Maybe. Number five, Los Angeles, California. I mean, California is beautiful. You could probably party a little outside of Los Angeles. Number four, Las Vegas, Nevada. Now we're getting into cities that I can see where you have some bachelorette fun and talk about a little bachelorette business going on. Number three, San Francisco, California. Again, another city I don't know. Maybe, I guess. I guess if you just stay in the, you know, the, the area you're confined in for the party. Uh, coming in at number two, New York, New York. And number one destination for bachelorette parties in America, Miami, Florida. Yeah, that's, I mean, of course, uh, that's, uh, you're doing good on the east coast of the, of, uh, of the United States. East coast of Florida, Miami, down south. Uh, then you have the worst cities for bachelorette parties, which, you know, I didn't rank them. It was Lawn Love that ranked them, okay? Uh <laughs> Number 10, Hampton, Virginia. West Valley City, Utah, number nine. Number eight, Waco, Texas. <laughs> Why would you have a bachelorette party as a Waco as a destination? I'm not really sure. Number seven, Huntsville, Alabama. Yeah, see, these cities don't just don't scream bachelorette parties. If you're from there, maybe. Number six, Jackson, Mississippi. Number five, Mesquite, Texas. Number four, Thornton, Colorado. Number three, Fayetteville, North Carolina. 
I mean, Fayetteville's a nice little city. Uh, number two, Clarksville, Tennessee. And the number one worst city for bachelorette parties in America, Montgomery, Alabama. <laughs> so if you want to go to number one, you go to Miami. You want to do number two, you go to Montgomery, Alabama. Not really a, not really a good promotion for Montgomery, Alabama, but makes for a funny spot all right so we do know that um disney has toy story 5 and frozen 3 in development hopefully it won't be too bad from them but we also have mattel announcing plans to relaunch the barney franchise with a new slate of content as well as toys and merchandise and i know i know barney i love you you love me i get it but in today's world that could be a whole new thing when they talk about kicking off with a reimagined animated series Ooh, that's a struggle for me to think about what they could be doing with reimagining barney and the animated series set to debut globally next year in 2024 produced by a chorus entertainment's nirvana the show promises to reintroduce the famously friendly purple reintroduce the famously friendly purple dinosaur to a new generation of preschool kids with lessons on love community and encouragement <laughs> that's what worries me uh, told through music filled adventures yeah well, that kind of worries me so we'll see we'll see along with delivering the barney toys and the tv series mattel also revealed it has plans to expand the franchise into film and youtube content as well as music and a full range of kids products including books clothing and of course the always ready and more uh, apparel and accessories for adult fans as well featuring classic barney are also in development it always gets me concerned though when it was such a big hit filmed right here in the studios i'm broadcasting from as a matter of fact uh, it ended i think i want to say 14 or 15 years ago uh barney was a big hit and it was filmed right here we still have the stupid barney tree uh somewhere in this building that we all you know well we dance around it and sing i love you you love me and wish we had the purple barney suit but it always makes me worried when they talk about reimagining things because in today's world you can i can reimagine a number of things for the old purple dinosaur but you know that's just me i know that's just me i saw where jeremy jeremy renner uh, gave an update on uh he's still thinking about working i don't know what the deal is with jeremy but he's still talking about uh doing an upcoming renovation series i mean the guy is in recovery i mean he almost died uh, not too long ago i mean uh, it was a, a fatal well near fatal snowplow accident so he shared that uh, he's still a go for his upcoming disney plus series renovations uh he said once he's recovered well yeah once he's recovered that could it's going to take some time because we still have uh mayor of kingstown uh season three to get to jeremy i know you're making disney plus money with your renovations but let's get to uh, paramount plus and uh mayor of kingstown season three shall we 
Uh, season two isn't even finished airing, Jeff. I know, but they're done filming it, so let's just move on. And I saw a, a headline about a podcast that I have not listened to, and I think I'm going to. It's called uh, Ghost Herd, H-E-R-D, Ghost Herd. I remember doing the story about this ghost herd, and I bet you the podcast is kind of fascinating. It's on, uh, you know, you can probably get it anywhere you uh get your podcast called ghost herd and it's about why won't this come up there we go uh it started as an american success story the easter day family took a couple hundred acres of farmland in eastern washington and grew it into a farming and ranching empire worth millions then it all came crashing down that's their uh that's their highlight for the NPR Network uh, Ghost Herd podcast. But it's a fascinating story about uh, this uh, $244 million scam, one of the largest cattle scams in American history. And, uh, you know, they had, I don't know, they created, they had roughly 200 and, I don't know, 65,000 head of cattle that weren't real. So they were a ghost herd. Get it? <laughs> uh, uh, get it, ghost herd? Because they weren't there. They weren't real. Anyway, seems fascinating. I'll let you know. And I know Meta is reimagining because they're talking about laying off more people. So uh, Zuck is reimagining Facebook as we speak. And I know Apple has... Uh, talked about uh sometime in the spring of next year going to release their augmented and virtual reality headset which is dubbed reality pro from apple so we'll see if that actually pans out i mean they may pull the plug on that because meta has really tried to make that happen and they are you know now struggling with that we'll see i i'm I'm kind of a fan of the metaverse. I know I want to do a radio show on uh, Main Street Metaverse. <laughs> so I can reimagine, reimagine this show in the metaverse. Could be happening very, very soon. But then when you talk about reimagining things and you have Xbox saying they're going to, you know, let make their make their their boxes power down to fight climate change so the, you know, their uh their carbon aware console so we have different ideas of what needs to be reimagined and so let's stop for a moment and take a look at what we have and what we don't have and then let's reimagine the future together shall we Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.